Oh my god, I wish I could send you this link. It's Starbucks mug. It's a it's a mug, but it it has the Starbucks logo, but instead of the mermaid lady, it's a Cylon. Yeah, I've seen that one. Big fracking deal. It's All I I came back to the call just in time to hear mermaid lady is a Cylon. What the hell have you guys <laughs> been talking about? No, there's a somebody sent me a link to a mug for sale, like a coffee mug, and it's a picture. It's the Starbucks logo. But instead of the mermaid lady, it has a centurion. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Send me this link. I want to see it. Yeah, I, 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 I can do it when I get back to the computer. Okay, very good. All right, I, I've just taken I can't a couple copy moments to listen paste. to some bits of episode 37 to get our talking points because P.S. did not take notes on her clipboard. No, I did not take notes of I don't know why she has the clipboard if it's not to take notes of this nature, but... Well, see, I, I did not realize it was a podcast clipboard. I thought... But it was a forum clipboard. Oh, come on. Why can't I copy? I have it highlighted. Stupid phone. It's a PS clipboard. I order you to copy. So, <laughs> come on. Copy. So, come on. Copy, copy, copy. So, what were our talking points for this week? We put okay. together a few topics, potential topics. We have John to discuss. We have Arya to round off because we've discussed her a bit. But there's probably a few things left we could say. We wanted to discuss what's north of the wall, and I figured we could rope that into the John discussion. We could also discuss differences in mythology and culture in the universe here. And then we had a a couple of potential AU discussions, which I think we should make sure to specify are spoilers for all four books. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because if you want to play out the changes far enough, you need to be able to discuss everything. We can do that last. I love AUs. Yeah, AUs are great. They're the, the... AU where Ned took the black, and the other one was what if Ned had been successful and he had exposed Cersei and Jamie in their incestuous relationship. Do we want to start off with that, so that, or do we want to end with that so that people can stop? You know, like stop listening if they haven't seen all the, um, read all the books. Well, we can edit, but I didn't really think we were going to discuss all of these tonight. Oh, okay. I mean, we could. So, what do we start? I say we do John, what's north of the wall, Arya what we haven't discussed of her and spend the rest of the time however we see fit and then maybe next time we can make it the AU podcast. Oh, that'd be fun. Okay. And we, we put a big stamp on it. Spoilers for all four books. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It's so cool and it's totally awesome! That'd be cool if we could if we did that like everything. Like we had an AU special where we discussed like crazy, <laughs> crazy ass stuff. That'd be fun. We can do it with the B5 one, too. All we got to do is mm-hmm. discuss Dark Distorted Mirror. Yeah, I mean, I can, we can absolutely add that on, like, to the end, because, you know, if we have all finished watching it, which, of course, we will, having finished podcasting on it, if we give me time, or give people time to read it, we can do a coverage of the fic. That'd be fun. Aaron, what do you say? Sounds fun. Yay! We all agree it sounds okay, fun. Okay, awesome. I am right. going to add that to the schedule. Cool. Very cool. It... It's about a million words. That's a lot. Yeah. We we can just say, like, skip some time. Probably we wouldn't have to wait to release it because we would have such a backlog, but we just need time to read it. Yeah, that's real good stuff, though. Pulls in so much of the minutia. Like, as we were discussing last week, Veer's wife, Lindesty, it pulls her mm-hmm. in for such a minor... link to it. For such a minor bit character, and she gets pulled in and made a part of the story. By the way, I want to take the opportunity to apologize to both of you for what I did last week. Mea culpa. My responsibility. I had that written down in my notes, but I did not mark down that it was a spoiler. So I just said it. What was this now? 
I'm what not going to. I'm not going to repeat myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what you're talking about. I mean, I have no idea. I was not aware of being spoiled. Oh, for crying out loud! <laughs> okay. Well. Oh yes. Yeah. Wait. What? Yes. Yes. Now I know what you're talking about. I, I said something and identified someone that I shouldn't have, even though it was coming up in the next batch of episodes. I'm still completely I, I, unaware of being spoiled. Good. <laughs> As I Good. tried to tell you, it was uh, I had actually inadvertently spoiled myself on that one. It wasn't the oh, issue. did you? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Can uh, you hear the... me now? Yes. Hey, Gen 2, hey, welcome. Guys. How we doing? <sighs> oh, Gen sounds relieved. <laughs> tell us about your night, Gen 2. My night, my day. Um, day. Well, my child is blowing snot, and I'm a little stuffy, so I apologize. I just sound a little froggy. Put up with it. Jen, we put up with you on Vicodin. What makes you think we're not going <laughs> to put up with a little cold? <laughs> Elizabeth, seriously, we found out in the last couple of months that my daughter has a primary immune disorder. And so basically her body cannot fight off normal diseases that other kids wouldn't get. Okay. You know, like if she licked a cart at Walmart, she would get sick. You know, where other kids, you know, would lick a cart at Walmart, and they licked a cart at Walmart. (laughs) So, mine does it, and the next day, she's ill. And it's because she doesn't have the immunity in her mucous membranes and, like, her mouth and her nose and her lungs to any immune response anywhere to fight those things. So, my daughter went back to school in September, and she has literally had a fever every day. No, a big one, but basically I know that her body's fighting something because she's always running a low-grade temp. Mm-hmm. In the summertime when she's out of school and she's good and at home, she doesn't do this. So literally, since she started school, it's been like she's been snotting on me <laughs> since September. <laughs> so... I can fight off, fight it off for a while, and then it just comes back. But we have been out of school, and we didn't go to gymnastics today, which is actually a big deal, because I usually try... What the hell was that? Does someone a have a falcon? It's a poodle. Huh? <laughs> okay. A poodle, eh? <laughs> that sounded like something dying. <laughs> He's an excitable sort. But... I usually try to always let her go to gymnastics unless she's really bad because it's something that's normal. She's pretty ahead of her class, so I don't worry about school. But I try to always make sure she gets to go to gymnastics. But we didn't go to there today because my cousin is in town who is in the Air Force. She and her husband are stationed in Biloxi and their little girl is here and so they want to have a play date with my daughter and their little girl and my other cousin's little girl and their kids and so we spent this afternoon we rode up with my grandparents who drive so slow (laughs) and I'm riding the front seat with my grandfather you know he talks to himself when he's driving he's driving like 35 miles an hour and there's someone like two miles ahead that he sees coming up on a crossroad he's like are you going to stop you nitwit? <laughs> you know, he's making a commentary and the person comes to a stop and he's like, that's right. You needed to stop. 
And I'm just like, <laughs> we do this, we do this all the way to my cat, to my um, aunt's house. You're slowly going insane during this. <laughs> slowly going insane. This must be what going mad feels like. I think they captured him, though. You know, captured his essence. He looks sort of angry, don't he? It's kind of what I meant. I mean, it's just like every little thing. He's like, ah, ah. And I mean, and it's icy and he's like going seven miles an hour. And we finally get there. It's like a 20 minute drive. It turned into 40. And we get there and my cousin has two boys and a little girl. And they immediately want to play Wii at like... 100% volume on the TV in the background. And the three, three little girls immediately play dress up and they're like screaming princesses running around. And so I spent all afternoon addressing Christmas cards and listening to Mass Chaos. And then my aunt, on top of it, made sugar cookies and wanted the kids to decorate them with icing and sprinkles and then just let the kids just eat them. Shoved oh, them down no. their throats as they were as they were decorating them. She's like, well, "That's why I made them so they could eat them. I didn't want them for anything else." And so my kid is just getting sugared up, sugared up, sugared up, sugared up. And then my grandparents wouldn't leave. And then I had to do the repeat of the. But you think you're going to run that stop sign? You know what? All the way home. Mm, sounds so awesome. And then I had to warm up my car because it's like eight degrees below zero here. And I ordered a pizza online. And they told me it would be ready in 20 minutes, and I went and got it in 25 minutes, and I pulled up to get it, and she's like, oh, it's going to be about 10 minutes. What? And so I waited to get the pizza, and then my kid is in the back telling me she needs to get out, and she's very bored, and I'm ready to throttle her. And then we get home, and we're cramming pizza down my kid, and husband's reminding me that we're very very late and why do we stay out so late it's almost bedtime and, and so we're cramming food down our throats and trying to get our kid in bed and then i open up my computer and i holy crap it's eight o'clock ah! <laughs> and the death was calling and i'm like i need 15 minutes well so, we, i saw you pop online i assumed you may have been ready well no i mean that's a fairly fair assumption really on most days <laughs> i mean but i just i think it was the the collective chaos of like 17 screaming children that did it they'll do it every time that and camera flash all day isn't that cute oh turn around and smile isn't that adorable? <laughs> oh my god. You people. And then they wanted me to start t getting into pictures. I'm like, no. Gen 2 does not do pictures. But that's it. You know, That's why I was screaming and late. That was perfectly understandable. A long story for basically saying that my day was chaos. Well, it's over now. Yeah. And, yes, and it's you're over here now. with us, and you will have chaos with us. Yes, I've got yeah. a great big giant diet Structured Coke. chaos. Here, listen. Oh, the ice isn't clinking very well. Awesome. I have a bottle of Rex Goliath Chardonnay. Oh, you drinking. drinking anything. Well, <gasps> it's not like I have work to go to in the morning. Must be nice. No, it sucks. Oh, poor guy. Really, though, what's the prospect? 
for the next job. Uh, yeah. I, I went to an interview yesterday. Company seems all right. Seems very advanced, very modern. Everything seems shiny and happy and good. But it's weekend work, and every single person I talked to, you know, this is weekend work, right? And they were so intense on it. It, it seems like they were trying to warn me off about it. And I don't know. I I get the sense that I'm going to be pretty much on my own, and that's not what I want in a laboratory position. I like being around other people in the laboratory. Well, they might be that way just because, you know, a lot of people get into the position and they're like, it's weekend work. I really don't like weekend work. So, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I need to do what you got to do, and I'm, I've done weekend work before, but... I don't know. I get a funny vibe. and Or they might take it thinking that, oh, I only have to do this for a little while. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and they're not they really... And they can get out of it. And that's yeah, not, and they're, they're not really hiring someone to get out of it. They're hiring someone to do the weekend work. That really sucks. I'm sorry that you had to go through that so close to the holidays. Eh, it's not the first time. It's like I've said no, before. probably it's won't like be said- the last one either. Probably not. But I've, like I've said, I've been fired from better places than that. So, <laughs> I'm really not worried about it. I'm really not worried about it. That's a great attitude. I, li- I like it. Thank you. Thank you. If you haven't been fired at least once... You're I missing out. Ev- I think everybody should be fired. It's an important life experience. I, I agree. It's a very humbling thing. It's very important to know how you deal with something like that. Because not everybody... I mean... Even the person who has their shit together the most has yeah, ability. Sometimes, sometimes to get it doesn't sacked. have anything to do with the person or their ability. It could just be as simple as they don't like you and they're trying to force you out. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen that before. Oh, and that's what happened to me at a job. Mm-hmm. It completely happened to me. Like one minute you're the golden child, and the next minute it's like you're crap. Yeah, it's like you started kicking puppies or something. <laughs> it's like your Gregor Cleaking. <laughs> <laughs> Segway, Segway. Segway. I was there at the dawn of the second season of the Puffer Exchange. It was a port of call for fans from a hundred fandoms. It could be a dangerous place, but we accepted the risk because the Puffer Exchange was our last best hope. This is our story. And welcome back welcome. to the Pufwa Exchange. I'm Death Roll. And I'm Jed yes. too. <laughs> and I'm Aaron. Aaron. And with us as always is Aaron's keyboard. This is <laughs> this is episode. <laughs> And we are here to discuss A Song of Ice and Fire. We are still discussing the first book, Game of Thrones, the series by George R.R. Martin, of course. And we have a few things left to talk about before we move on to the next book. Specifically tonight, I think we wanted to discuss John, the North, and the Night's Watch, and just why is the Night's Watch there? What is north of the wall? What are they protecting against? What is it that the rest of the Seven Kingdoms has pretty much forgotten? Ice giant. Whites. Evil, soul-sucking things with blue glowing eyes. Winter zombies. Winter zombies. Isn't her name Old Nan? <laughs> <laughs> is that her name? Old Nan is Old not Nan. one of the others. 
No, I'm not saying that she was one of the others, but is it an old Nan that tells all of the scary stories to the Stark kids? Yes. Yeah. You think she's making it up? No. It's all the things the old Nan has ever told the Stark kids is in the North. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dire wolves and giants. Really creepy the guys. Icky spiders and the green children. Children of the forest. Children of the forest, that's it. Yeah. The children of the forest are up there. Those would be Big the foot. last remaining children of the forest because they used to exist below the wall, right? Yep, until they were forced up north. Yeah, they were forced out by the, the first, the Andals. The That's the name I was trying to think of. Yeah, where do the first men come into it? I think it's the same thing as the green people. Yeah. Oh, the children of the forest are the first men? Are yeah, they? because they had something to do with the heart trees. Yeah, because, like, the old, more the old god, the old gods were um, worshipped by the I think they're the just Andals. called the old, I think they're just called the old gods. I don't think they have a name as such. No, I know. I'm saying where they they were worshipped by. Like, the when end. did they stop worshipping the old gods as the primary thing? I don't know. They don't really. I don't think that's really explained very well. I think. Yeah, I don't think it's clear. I was just wondering what people's impressions were because I know. I mean, it's, it's got something to do. It's got something to do with the Targaryens. Is it is it when they came to Westeros? Are the seven are the seven Targaryen gods? Did they bring them? I thought the seven had been there already. Well, it had something to do with coming from the the gods moving up from the south. Yeah, they are southern gods. I got the impression that I don't I don't think Stark really only do this. the seven because of Caitlyn. I got the impression that Ned's primary association was with the old gods in the country. That's correct. That's we correct. don't really know in this book. You don't really get the full explanation of how the gods came about, I don't think. I'm thinking it's more book four, now that I think I've been part of yeah, that. Yeah, I haven't. I'm going to have to keep going. <laughs> there, is a, there is a part where they explain that more, but I'm starting to think that's book four. Okay, I have trouble remembering what's, you know, book two, three, four... Kind of all runs together for me. So. I mean, it doesn't yeah. really. It doesn't really matter one way or the other. No, as this stuff doesn't affect plot. I wouldn't regret. Yeah, I don't. I don't really consider historical world building type stuff details that get dropped in later to be spoilers. Yeah, because we do get the mention in the very beginning of the book when Ned is cleaning ice after having executed the deserter. You find him in the weirwood with the heart tree, and he's yep. talking to the old gods. And there's some exposition there. I'm pretty sure that's where we get. The mention of Caitlin worshiping the seven. Yeah, you get you get that, but you don't. I don't think you get the explanation of how it moved from. It reminded me when I read it of you know the transition of Catholicism to Protestantism and just kind of the way it it happened in England way back when with Martin Luther and all those things. How the whole country just kind of like split and divided. It's like somebody came and took over the kingdom and said, we're going to worship the seven. And I don't remember if that was explained in book four. I'm pretty I know sure it's they would explained. have gods with other places, but they don't really use them. I'm thinking if I remember right, Arya gets this information from someone when she goes on a traveling experience and gets a new mentor. <laughs> that's all. She needs to get a new one every other week, and, but uh, that's not here nor there. 
I think Arya gets an explanation of gods and the naming of gods and, and worship people who worship and and things. I think that's where mm-hmm. you get a better explanation of it. It's not until much later dealing with Sansa and her particular troubles that we really get a good explanation of the seven, I right. think. See, I'm trying to look this up right now on the wiki of Ice and Fire, and it's being really, really slow for me. Yeah, I can't. My whole internet is being slow. Yours too, huh? Yeah. It, it might just be the site. So what I really want to talk about, though, was Jon Snow. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Jon Snow is an important character in this book. And he has gone off to join the Night's Watch because he doesn't really see much else for him in life. He is a bastard. He doesn't have a lot of choices. The only real choices he has are ones that require him to wear swear vows of celibacy and you know not to hold property and such because he is a bastard. They don't want him passing on his tainted bastard's blood. Is that really the problem? I mean, like, it's not like he could go off and... Bastards are viewed uh, negatively because there's an assumption that something of the transgression of the marriage vows or whatever that led to their creation somehow resides in them. And they hmm. don't I, want yeah. they don't want well, that. Well that and they don't want that they don't want them to be able to any of the assets that would have normally passed to the legal children, they don't want them to be it's it wouldn't be acceptable. It's an inheritance for, issue. Yeah, they wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't be acceptable for them to be recognized Well the opposite I don't think they in a legacy because yeah. you know, when there's money that, you know, is passed down generation, 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 if you started recognizing all of the indiscretionary children mm-hmm. Then, you know, the the kids who are the rightful heirs, blah, blah, you know, then it starts to knock into their lands and their birthrights and all of that stuff. And I think that it's got something to do with that, too. It really seems to me that Westeros exists under a system of primogeniture, which means that only the eldest child inherits the full holdings of the family and the younger children are left to do other things. Uh, they, They can swear vows of knighthood and go off and distinguish themselves in battle, win their own holdings. There's a northern family, the Karstarks are related to the Starks, they were descended from a younger branch of the family, and that's how they became noble, through their founder. You know, the lot of the second son, the third son, is much better than, like, the fifth, sixth, seventh son, because in the beginning chapters in the prologue, Sir Waymar Royce is, like, the eighth son of House Royce, and there's not a lot of choices for him, and he ends up having to go join the Night's Watch, and he's not happy about it, and he thinks that as a noble, he should... And as a knight, he should have some sort of special recognition and privileges, and he insists that it's his right to go on a ranging. Which they so, all view as, they all view as, yeah, you go right. ahead and go do your ranging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll send all, you off to check out this crazy white yeah. problem. So, I mean, those that's the world that John lives in, and as a bastard, he doesn't have a lot of choices and in reality he's even got the choice of becoming a septon a priest taken away from him because he's from the north they don't follow the seven up there they follow the old gods and they don't really have priests as such so either he joins the night's watch or he becomes a maester and that means going to school and that means having money and he had no money he had no backing do you need backing he needs to, to do work you'll become a maester 
I just can't picture John as a maester. Like, he doesn't seem to have the right personality for it. Yeah, I can't picture not. him no. doing like and, academic type stuff. I'm not saying he's a moron. I'm saying I just don't see him as you know pursuing it for the pursuit John of knowledge. A, John is a Gryffindor, and I think you really need to be a Ravenclaw to be a maester. Yeah. <laughs> Would they let him bring ghosts? I don't know. Maybe. I think they might. I think there's just enough superstition, and I think there are enough things that they have to learn there that animal husbandry might be, ghost might be considered something... Oh, do you think they might want to study ghost and so they'd let him bring him? Maybe not study him, but just that he was special and that... Be a wolfologist. <laughs> wolfologist. A, a dire wolfologist. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I could, see, I could see students having ravens. Mm-hmm. And how like is Hogwarts, that like you may bring a raven or a dog or a dire wolf. Yeah, you may have a cat, a rat, or a dire wolf. <laughs> <laughs> and the dire wolf uh, eats the cat and the rat. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I hadn't oh. really thought about it that way. This is kind of an aside. This is a throwback to what we discussed last week. But since we're talking about dire wolves, uh, I know last time I put all of the troubles of the Seven Kingdoms at Sansa's feet. And I realize that it's not precisely fair to do it because she was really cut loose in the world after she lost her wolf. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about the wolves and just how much they are tied into the destinies of these children. And it's really something that needs to be discussed in the AU episode, which we'll probably the have next. The wolf is their Stark hood. Like, yeah. I firmly believe the wolf is their connection to the Stark family. Like when Sansa lost her like wolf, Sansa's when Lady was killed... Was killed. And, but, and, one could, um, but one could argue that it was her own fault that she lost her wolf. Yeah. No, because she was. She was. Yeah, I mean, the, it, it did attack. I mean, Nymeria did go after Joffrey. I mean, it's not like exactly Nymeria did it, not Lady. But it was because Sansa was not. <laughs> she was not. Uh, but, the, but the beef about the her. beef with it's the wolf. They couldn't find Nymeria. It's not anything Sansa did that got Lady killed. The, that the beef with the about the wolves was a because pissing piss, no it was a pissing match with Cersei and Robert it was because he wouldn't stand up and and do something that she thought are considered to be manly and she didn't think that he was handling the whole situation in a satisfactory way if he had been more strict or more heavy-handed in the whole handling of the situation the wolves might not have even come into I'm playing devil's advocate but the wolves yeah. might not have mm-hmm. even been an issue she yeah. was she was mad because she didn't think she thought he was favoring Ned and Ned's yeah. children over her child which who she viewed as being you know mortally or you know permanently injured She was trying to save face, and she wanted to humiliate the Stark family by parading around in a wolf skin. Yeah, and by doing that, you know, what better thing to choose than their... Sigil. Yeah. So. And and when, when Lady is killed, Sansa, at least symbolically, ceases to be 
a Stark. Mm-hmm. She she loses her Starkiness. You, you can know. see that with some of the others. I mean, I don't want to get into spoilers, but yeah, at least in in terms of this, it's not really surprising so much in retrospect thinking about it that she turned against her family because she had already been disconnected from them. But then again, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Arya lost Nymeria. No, lost but I have a different respect. theory about Nymeria, that. I don't Nymeria, want to. Nymeria, as far as we know, is still alive and running free. Just like Arya's soul is running free. Yes, but she's still disconnected from her. She True. is disconnected from her family. She has to lie about her identity. I mean, True. we can cut that, but the symbolism with Arya and Nymeria is that well, no, she's doing Arya, action, in but this, she's in, in hiding. Book, Arya is lying about her identity by the end of this book. Okay, she's lying about her uh, Yeah, I mean... The connection with Nymeria is that she's still a Stark on the inside, but she's not one on the outside. I don't really believe that Nymeria died. I don't ever believe that she died. No, I'm just she was chased off, but there was. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a dire wolf. What the heck can kill a no, dire wolf? Kill. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we hear wolf packs off in the wilderness constantly, and I choose to believe that that's Nymeria who's taken over yep. control of the wolf packs. The wolf packs are going after Lannister men, aren't they? Or is that later? I'm uh, not I think that's sure. later. That's later. I think that's okay. Been. Oops. <laughs> yeah, we really oh, should talk about <laughs> But I think that. that that's. But Arius, Arius, you know, Arya also suffers a disconnect from her wolf. It may mm-hmm. not be a complete severance. Yeah, it's not but as it's, profound as Sansa's, but which is why still, she goes into She still direction. suffers the loss. And there are times, you know, where the wolves are separated from the kids. And disaster always ensues. Yes, but Arya remains, still has her core values. She had core values, stark because core values. Nymeria is not dead. No, I'm saying that she had core values before Nymeria even came along. Well, it's symbolism. I mean, it's not saying the wolf, the death of the wolf didn't directly cause it. I'm saying it's just a literary, a symbolic literary well, no, device. I understand that, but I'm just, I'm playing, like I said, I'm playing devil's advocate. There had to be something there to begin with. Yeah, I'm not saying there wasn't. I don't think Sansa, I just don't think she had it to begin with. And that's why I think it was so easy for her to be severed. There's some some logic to that statement. You know, I know I know that it was you know Cersei's decision, and one of the wolves had to die. But I also think that you can look at karma or fate, or or whatever it is. You know, the the big brighter picture. I don't think Sansa ever had a strong connection to her family, a strong enough bond to her family that when all of these wolves came into existence. She didn't have the kind of connection to keep her wolf alive. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, because she doesn't treat Lady like a wolf. She treats her like a dog, feeding her mm. from the table, and Lady is very well-behaved, well-mannered. I well, think, they're shaggy dog. I, I mean, it's I think, not like this well, is a no, no, localized no. phenomena. No, hold on. I think the connection between the, the wolves and the kids is demonstrated by how much the wolves take on the characters of the kids. Because you look at Shaggy yep. Dog, he's a wild one because Rickon is a child. He's, well, he's a he's a toddler, and that's yeah. what they are. They're like little Tasmanian devils. <laughs> Exactly. He's literally a bundle of emotion and not thinking. And I mean, at that age, it's all, it's like all, if you studied psychology, it's all id. Me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. 
what can you do for me today right now and yeah. and that's shaggy dogs that's what he's about what can you do for me and if you don't it gets pissed off and that's exactly what a three-year-old is like <laughs> you know yep. if you don't give me Wait. that piece of meat i'm gonna bite you i'm gonna bite you now <laughs> and i've gotten bit quite a bit <laughs> several times bit quite a bit yep bit quite a bit <laughs> I've 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 been bitten by my daughter before because I pissed her off, mm-hmm. you know, and that, oh, yeah. that's. But I don't think that Sansa's emotional bond to her family was strong enough to support her connection to her wolf, and that's part of the reason why it was Lady and not another one of them. I mean, that's I'm just you know pulling that out of left field and I've got really tall rubber boots on right now and you know the bullshit could be pretty deep but <laughs> no I, I don't think it's bullshit Jen I think it, it's pretty but, good stuff but, like I'm, I'm so torn on Sansa because I want to hate her but I understand why I shouldn't hate her but I still want to hate her I don't hate her I mean at times I've, I've really 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 wanted to slit her throat Kill. But, <laughs> but you don't hate her <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't hate her now. At this point in book 1, I hated her. I hated her. I don't hate her now. She's become a much more rounded character. She's a tragic figure. She never had even at Arya's age, Arya understood what her responsibilities were to her family. Sansa even at, at Arya's same age, Sansa's responsibilities were to herself. Who can I marry? What abilities can I get? It's my destiny to be able to fulfill my to fulfill my responsibility in marrying well. It it was all about her. Arya was more about collectively being a Stark, which which was kind of more of like what a son would be thinking. But Arya had these core values, like what of what her father was teaching, and not that Caitlin wasn't. But Sansa never considered her family as a whole, not from the descriptions that you get from John or Rob or Arya or what you see happening in Winterfell. It's always Sansa in this. Yeah, Sansa deliberately excludes John. She excludes Arya. She's always in, in, in some sort of, what is the word that I want to use? Conflict. No, not conflict, but I'm just, her actions are just, she's not ever doing anything. No, Hmm. I've been in too much chaos today. All my vocabulary is gone. Mine, me, I want that toy. (laughs) So it's not the Vicodin? No, it's not the Vicodin. Petty. She just she's doing petty things all the time. That's a very good choice of word. She's doing petty things all the time, and the things that she that she does do that are good are are never really that good. You know, if Arya wasn't doing well in her studies and or her stitching or her embroidery or general lady likeness, you would think that as an older sister, she instead of being so catty Mm -hmm. even at that age that she would be more loving it's okay to have a little sister that's a little tomboyish but she completely just alien because they're not raised i mean they're raised to have such strict gender roles in that society i mean i think sansa does view Arya as a strange thing yeah but i mean but she has no love for her 
And I'm are, not sure she doesn't love her. I'm not saying that she doesn't love her. She but doesn't she doesn't exhibit. understand her at all. She doesn't yeah. exhibit. Yeah, she doesn't understand her. But she doesn't exhibit any love for her. Like, as a family. It's possible to love somebody John, and, and John not understand them at all. John yeah. doesn't probably doesn't understand Arya, but he loves her. I think John I understands Arya John very understands well. Arya. John understands Arya the most of any of them. Well, that was a poor, that was a poor excuse. I don't think a John poor... understands Sansa as much as he does Arya. But Actually, I think, John... I, I think John understands Sansa very well. It's Sansa who doesn't want anything to do with him. And John understands Sansa and her attitude towards him derives entirely from the fact that he's a bastard. I'm just saying that was a very poor example. Let's just, just pull one child that's not Sansa and pull another child. And they would have a genuine affection for each other. Mm-hmm. Bran had an affection for Rickon. Rickon had an affection for Arya. Arya had an affection for Rob. Sansa didn't have an affection for anybody. Except for Sansa. Except for herself. Part of that's, I, I think that the, the, the point was made about gender roles. She's raised expecting to get married and become part of a new family before she's very old. So I think part of her not, I mean, she knows that the family she'll spend most of her life with is her husband's family, which she thinks is going to be Joffrey's family. Well, and I mean, and and I'm <laughs> I'm just sitting here playing like the pain in the ass tonight. But again, that's not the way Caitlin was. Right. Caitlin, Caitlin still Caitlin very much still thinks very, of herself as a Tully. Yeah. Was very loyal to her father and her brothers. I wonder and, if that has anything to do with the fact that she wasn't originally supposed to marry Ned. She was going to marry somebody, though. Yeah. She, was she gonna, wasn't going to be a spinster. She was going to marry a Stark. True. She was still going to go north. Uh, She's still going to Winterfell. She was gonna, still going to end up in Winterfell, one way or the other. Right, she was supposed to marry mm-hmm. Brandon. Brandon. But she still remained very much attached to River Run. And I think that's what you're supposed to do in this society, because the whole point of the marriage is to build ties between houses. Yeah. You're not supposed to go off and become another house. You're supposed to be of your house and bring your whole house into the marriage with the house that you marry into. So I'm 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 not trying to be argumentative. I'm just trying to say I don't quite buy Sansa saying, "Well, I am going to distance myself from my family, even if well, it's not." She, she she may be saying that she may be she's only nine or whatever. And yeah, she I mean, may I be, think she may be wrong. The character is allowed to be wrong. Yeah, she oh, may think that even if nobody else does. I mean, is she, that may she she's older than she nine, is she? She's eleven. Eleven or at the beginning. 12. I mean, in part of it that starts out. She's eleven. Arya's nine. But okay, I think sorry. Part of it's part of it's her age, and it's it's you know the very not, self-centered not, age. The snottiness, the snottiness of being a preteen, and I'll buy that. But I still she's also think, the pretty one and yeah. the pretty one. But I, I still mean, think that Caitlyn had a very had a very rounded view, a very strong view of what she thought family was supposed to be, and Ned had a very rounded and strong view of what family was supposed to be and that together i think they were they were pretty together as far as parents were 
I think they were pretty in tune as a couple and as parents. And They weren't just, crossing their signals. They weren't mixing their messages. Yeah, and I just think it was odd that Rob got things so well. And, you know, that all the kids... Sansa just didn't. No, I wonder if, if that... I wonder if that's a fault of the writing. You know, I mean, I know this is a well-written book. It's not a badly written book. But I wonder if we spent... We have spent a lot of time discussing this. And I almost wonder if it's just something that George didn't think of when he was no, writing the no, book. I, I think it might be somehow explainable because like you said, Jen, both Ned and Caitlin really had their stuff together as far as the parenting. What is the beeping? Sorry, that's me. Of at least the boys. But I think when it comes to the girls, Ned really backed off because he didn't know necessarily how to raise a girl. So he, he let Caitlin do more of it, and I think maybe what we're seeing is the result of that, the imbalance between the two viewpoints. And and that might be that very true, too. I'll buy that. Yeah, I mean, I He too. had the hand with Arya, but I think that's more because Arya started expressing interest in... Yeah, well, she, she, re- she, she rejected it. all of the womanly things. She forced and, it, and so he had to. Yeah. Yeah. He had to like intervene she, because otherwise she was going to cut off her hand. Or she was going to stab Sansa through the eye with a knitting needle or something. Yeah. You know, she was just going to do something that was not safe or just not smart. And so it's like, okay, if I can't get her to be a girl and to sit with the septa, it's just like gun safety. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you have a gun in your house, you have to teach the children there's a gun in this house and we have a gun because we need it for our safety and protection. However, that doesn't mean that you touch it. And when it is time for you to learn how to touch it, we will take you to an appropriate place and we will teach you all about it and you will learn how to fire it and clean it and then put it back away and how to treat it with respect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, I think, what Ned had to do with Arya. This is a sword. This is the pointy end. Don't stick it in people unless you mean it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless you really, really mean it. You know, we don't play with these you know, they are sharp and just because they're shiny and pretty doesn't mean that, you know, they're not dangerous. You know, I think he was literally forced to have to take a, a hold on that because Arya just wasn't going to fly that route. She was too tomboy. Actually, as you're talking, Arya is really reminding me of the Lady of the Sapphire Isle. I can't remember her name. Brienne. Oh, yep. yeah. I think if things had been allowed to develop naturally without, you know, the story happening... Arya could have wound up like Brienne. Or conversely, to flip it on its head, Brienne was like Arya when she was a little girl. Right. Or even, oh gosh, what is her name? Theon's sister. Oh. Asha. Oh, oh. Asha. 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 Yeah, because awesome. I, I, don't, I don't see Arya as being quite as backwards as Brienne. On a tangent there, uh, the chapter where they introduce Asha is just about my favorite chapter in the entire series. <laughs> That's very cool. She really does get one off on him, and that made me laugh and laugh and laugh. Yeah. And he's such a he's such a douche too. It's just great. Uh, Theon is just insane. <laughs> As we have previously discussed, Theon Greyjoy is a date rapist. Hmm. Yes. I think douche is the perfect word. Like I can imagine if this were set today, like Theon would totally be. He's like a he's like a vinegar and water douche. He's not the one that has the smell pretty stuff in it. He's like the one that's made. <laughs> You're only laughing because you know it's true. <laughs> 
He's laughing awfully hard at that. Be careful, don't suck your mustache down. (laughs) 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 I don't know what it is, Chad. You you just do it. (laughs) See, I was going to go on a whole tangent about how Theon would be like one of those douches with like the black turtleneck sweaters and the like. (laughs) Very skinny. Or no, maybe he would be like the frat boy brand of douche. <laughs> Theon sometimes has that not so fresh feeling. <laughs> 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 to control fishy odor. <laughs> this has turned into quite the uh, discussion. But, but they're fish people, Jack. <laughs> He needs it so much, he he actually he bought the permanent bottle set up. Wow. <laughs> so, I think it's safe to say that Theon Greyjoy is a universally disliked character by everybody here. Yeah, I want to find somebody that likes Theon. Listeners, <laughs> come to me. I just want to meet you if you like Theon. I'm just curious to find out if you exist. Yeah, if you're out there, I'll give you the Rubber Hose Award. (laughs) P.S. is starting the Theon Greyjoy Admiration Society. (laughs) Well, I don't like Theon. I'm just curious. Because you think, I often wonder, there there has to be, for anything, not just this book, but any, any book, any TV show, there has to be, you'd think that some character is every, like, Everybody is somebody's favorite. You know, I used like, to think people, people were insane who who links who, who loved Snape as a romantic character. I thought yeah, those people were I, insane. I can I'm sure there's people that think that about Theon. I, I can understand liking Snape as a character in general, but as a romantic pairing with Harry, for example, I always found that one particularly insane. Um, yeah, that's a little weird. Although I should mention, you need to read Hush. Snape the Fry Cook. I have read as much of that as I could take. <laughs> yeah, I skipped the explicit I, I, parts, but the whole premise is hysterical. I actually made it like 80% of the way through there, and then they start having the hardcore sex, and I was like, yep, yep, I think I'm done with this one. That's when Aaron stopped. Yeah. Snape well, the fry cook? Let, let me just say, Snape. Uh, uh, Snape the home fry Link Gen 2 Snape, Snape the fry cook. Snape immediately. I can do better. I can... Working as the... Like the soup Nazi in this restaurant, yeah. and he, he employs lots of ex-cons because he thinks ex-cons deserve a chance. Where I'm sorry, it's not Snape. The fr- it's called Snape the Home Fries Nazi. Oh, I'm sorry, Snape the Home not Fries Snape Nazi. Fry cook. Good lord! I forget how I found that, but <laughs> I wasn't necessarily looking for that. But I actually Classic. met the author of that at Azcatraz last year in San Francisco. Really, very. Yeah, nice. she was. She was did a panel with some other people. Oh, oh I thought you were going to say it was a panel just of Snape the Home Fries Nazi. Oh, that that's was it was scary. talked about. It deserves its own panel. That's it's scary pre- stuff. It's, it's actually pretty pretty interesting story, and I was enjoying it until I got to the hardcore gay sex, and uh, then I was good. Mm-hmm. I was done. Interesting. <sighs> what people will do to poor Harry? That's true. I've seen people write Harry Voldemort. 
shipping, yeah. which makes absolutely no logical sense. The nurse me. I often say, like, I often go in with the theory that, you know, anything has the potential to be done well, and that I can believe anything if it's presented to me properly. Problem mm-hmm. is, it's never presented properly. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The problem is, it's never presented properly. If I wasn't a Harry Jenny, Harry Jenny shipper of the most ardent sort. One of the most... But I am. See, I like Jenny. different things. Why I would I be... Like no, if I wasn't a Harry Jenny shipper... I am a Harry Jenny shipper. No, I know you are. I'm sa- I'm just saying that I have an alternative ship. If, if I wasn't... Draco Jenny. No, if I wasn't a Harry Jenny shipper, I would be a Harry Luna shipper. I, I am a Harry Luna shipper. I ship on both. One. Harry yeah, Luna is awesome. It is... There's something about there there's there's something about the chemistry of Harry and Luna together that it's it's the scene at the end I'll tell you where it's from it's the end of this is a scene at the end of Order of the Phoenix. Phoenix when she's telling about her her stuff getting stolen and he offers to help her find her shoes no it's not just that one it there there's also it's the, the whole scene. book Order of the Phoenix is a Harry Luna romance story I'm sorry it is yeah. I mean like the movie yeah. especially. <laughs> You're just as sane as I am. Well, there's the you know there's the 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 scene with the thestrals in in the forest. Yeah, in the movie, yeah. Well, that that's part of the book, isn't it? Mm, what the, nope. the thestrals? Yeah, I mean it's in the book, but I'm sure I think it's different. Well, it is different, but he's still there's still a part in the book where he's out in the forest with her, and it's just the two of them. Boom, I think yeah. in the in the book, they make it so that she... Or in the movie, they make it so that she's barefoot. And I don't think that that's... Yeah, I don't think she's she's not barefoot in the book, or at least it doesn't say. No, it, like, it's not until the end... It, yeah, it's not until the end of the the book where she's lost her shoes. But she is out in the forest, and that's how he learns more about her mother, I think. But... He connects with her mm-hmm. in that book. So if I wasn't about Harry and Jenny, I would be about Harry and Luna. And I am both. But I am about Harry and Jenny. And I even I just made... don't get why you can't be both. I don't know. I think it's just because You're stubborn. I'm I'm monogamous. You <laughs> 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 mean what is not like Yeah it is. I think it is for me. My Harry Jenny shipping is like monogamy. I couldn't I just cheat like on everything. It. I don't think it's. I don't see it as cheating. I just see it as liking different things. Well, you're not married yet. Well, it's not like I wouldn't be monogamous if I was. <laughs> well, you know why I use your wondering. Yeah, I have painstakingly typed out because I cannot paste on this thing. I painstakingly typed out the link to Snape the Home Fries Nazi. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. I typed that out. So if I made a mistake, that's why, but I don't think I did. Thank you. Yes. You're very welcome. Cuz the co- I feel like we need to look at the cover art together. The cover art? Yeah, I fail to understand how some stories get art when my story has none. It's very sad. Poor death. Some stories get good art and some stories get bad art. I could do bad art for you. I could do bad <laughs> art for you right now. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's Let's see, do you want illustrated? I was listening to the episode earlier today where Sue was doing a search for an author's name that they were covering, and the first thing that popped up was, was your picture of why Jen and Ryan is not like Bill and oh Saul. My God. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first piece of fan art I ever drew. <laughs> 
it is awesome. I was, listening, I was listening to that the other day, and I love how on the thing he put, don't click this link until everybody opens Jen's file. Don't click this link until everybody opens PS's file. Because it, it there is so a pause where sense. everybody, there's a pause where everybody has is waiting for the thing to open, to download and open, and then everybody just cracks up. Yeah. This is the funniest thing to listen to. It's great. It's so awesome. Um, but you asked me what scene I would like. Any scene. Whatever. All right, I'm going to make an illustration for you. That's your holiday present. Yay! <laughs> P.S. illustration of a scene from your story. Make it in Madame Malkin's robe shop when they're shaking Okay, that's hands. what I'm going to do. I'm going to illustrate the shaking of the hands. They shook hands. Because they did. They, they did shake hands. hands. I will add that to my to-do list. What? My to-do list just won't go away. Is P.S. gone? Did we lose her? We did. We lost P.S. So anyway, the author's note here says, This fic is actually Blythely's fault for spreading a vicious rumor that there was a fic floating out in fandom that featured Snape as a fry cook in a diner in Arizona. Numerous, like so many, I am embarrassed to admit how many, Google searches have turned up nada until now. Because I have written it. Yes, Snape is a fry cook in a diner. There, Blythely, you evil woman. Oh my! The story is actually apparently really, really funny. Apparently, the to-do list app that I was talking about is not able to multitask with Skype. Oh, what a shame! Because <laughs> I was dropped when I tried to add Death Rolls like, to my to-do like list. Like right, right, right as you were saying, I'm going to put that on my to-do list. I'm like, did we just lose PS? We did. It's very sad. We did lose you. He has his back, though. Which is good. Yes, it is. This is taking forever to load that cover art there, but... Oh my gosh. You still it's, haven't loaded that? Internet is it's really, It's just really a little slow. black and white picture. I know. <laughs> Harry has a... Harry has a soul patch. Yeah, he does. Hmm. <laughs> I don't like the bald Snape. Me neither. No. It's strange. Slightly. It actually... See, my pro... It sort of looks a little bit too, like, Voldemort. Voldemort, yeah. Also, it just seems strange to imagine Snape bald because, like, so much of his character identity is tied up in his greasy hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, I think that's why he did it. It was to distance I know. Himself. I just think it's disconcerting for me as a reader. I understand mm-hmm. why Snape as a person did it. But for me as a reader, being expected to read the story and look at the picture. Yeah, I can't. I can't just because I know now what it's about. I would think well, that would be a selling point. At least we're giving you the warning. I didn't get the warning. <laughs> and all no, of a sudden, I, there's hardcore gay sex. Well, I like that. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. That's going in the episode title. <laughs> P.S. hardcore <laughs> gay sex. It's true, though. Who has not listened to 113 plus 40 episodes and not realized that? Before P.S. was H.G., she was, that was what she did. I like it She all. still does. I just don't think I do both. P.S. I'm a is a, a very, yeah, she's very round, rounded I am well-rounded. I'm a renaissance woman. I like Harry Jenny <laughs> and Harry's name. <laughs> And lots of other stuff too. And welcome back to Poop. Like Loris Renly. <laughs> How was that? How was that for a segue? That that was great because we can't talk about Renly yet. Oh, I can't wait to download episode twenty seven and give it a listen. It it's a pretty good episode. Groovy. Can't wait. 
I've listened to it several times. <laughs> you don't say. Actually, and I've listened to it since I uploaded it. Nice. Which is funny because it's like I thought I'll never get this thing off my hard drive. And then for fun, I was listening to it the other day. I'm like, I think I'm going to listen to it again. It was pretty oh God, good. There are pictures throughout. Did you scroll at all? The whole thing is illustrated. There's like CGI 3D Snape. Hello? Hello. Hello. And then no were you all was... so floored by 3D That's why Snape. it was taking so long for him to load because it had yeah. all the art. It's another picture. It's really actually terrifying. It's like Snape has become a sim. Well, and he's got tight jeans on. He does. Bad. See, I don't find this attractive. Mm-mm. For the record. I don't think there was... Are there any more in there? I don't know. I was just scrolling down and I saw that one. This thing is very, very long. Yeah, and it takes a while to get to the hardcore gay sex. Are we... Stephens, we're still talking about... No, we're yes, talking about it again. Time. All the time. That's all we talk about 24-7, this is. Hardcore gay sex. Yep. No, there's only the one, the two pictures. But I just find the second one to be absolutely terrifying. <laughs> okay, I read one sentence and that's too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> what was the one Our, sentence? The one sentence. I will scroll back down. Let's split that bottle of red I bought last week, watch the Maltese Falcon for the fourth time, fuck like rabbits, and sleep in. <laughs> that one's pretty crazy. No. Not for me. <laughs> Gen 2 is not a renaissance woman like me. Mm. I'm a puppy shipper. I'm a puppy shipper too. I could ship the puppies. I like puppies. Puppies are cute. Puppies are very cute. Puppies like Lady and Nymeria and Shaggy Dog. Yes. How was that? And Grey Wind and Summer and Ghost. Yes, all those puppies. Awesome puppies. Woof, woof. Big puppies. Yeah. Now that I derailed things with Snape the Home Fries Nazi and derailed things with Sansa, shall we talk about John? Oh, yeah, John. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That guy. Wasn't he the reason we were going to talk tonight? He was. The bastard of Winterfell. Mr. Yes. John Snow. Lord but, Snow. As he is jokingly referred to by his... Or not so jokingly by Sir Alistair. I think it's good that John was able to accept that moniker. Yeah, so it doesn't hurt him anymore. It takes away its power. Fear of a name increases fear of... Okay, that's not actually the uh, appropriate <laughs> quote. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, though, is that he goes there and, and they spit it at him. Lord Snow, and they're making fun of him. But when all actuality, he really is being groomed for a leadership role. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. For From almost the moment he gets there, they realize that he has potential. Yeah. He may be a bastard, but he still grew up in a castle. He was exposed to lordly behavior. He was exposed to professional fighting from the master at arms. You know, this is the sort of fellow that we want in the Night's Watch, not some cowardly raper. Right. And, and you know, they they recognized his potential. And so they're spitting the title at him. But by John being forced to wear that title and accept it, by Tyrion, you know, having that talk with him and saying, just wear it. And when you start to wear it, then you don't, you don't have that power over you anymore. That was a corner that John turned where he started believing in himself a lot more. And that gave him a lot of confidence. And I think it raised his, you know, it like broadened his shoulders and, and raised yeah. his stature a little bit. And he started do you th- do you believing think a- in himself a little more, even though he knew that they were 
they were making fun of him, I think in his mind he he truly believed that he could be he could finally be Lord Snow if he wanted to be, and it wasn't just he accepted that he was he was now the author of his own future. Do you think it was maybe a self-fulfilling prophecy? They started calling him Lord Snow, and then he decided, well, I guess I am Lord Snow. Why not? Yeah, I think that that makes sense. Personality-wise, doesn't he does not seem to be really sure of how he fits in the world, which is understandable because he's a bastard. So I think he's kind of willing to find a place for him or like something he fits as some identity. I think if he had been if he had been in Rob's shoes and he had gone to the wall and they had called him Lord Snow, he would have just stepped right up and said, "Hell yeah, I'm Lord Snow. I'm just like Raymar Waymar Royce did." Yeah, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't have if happened he was, they would, yeah, would yeah. called Rob Lord Snow. He they would would have made fun of him, called him a lordy, and they probably would have called him Lord Stark. Well, you know what I mean, but I'm just yeah. saying that he he would have gone up there already with the confidence behind him. He wouldn't have gone. He wouldn't have gone up there. Yeah, he because have, e- even when they're talking to Waymar Royce, there the Lordling they call. They don't think he's a real lord, and even though he is noble and legitimate, they still make fun of him because he's not a, a real man, a real man of the Night's Watch. He's still green. He's still got the stink of summer on him. Whatever your your choice of phrase here, and. With, with, um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Screw it. Um, with, I, I don't remember if I was going to compare him to John or Rob, but when they're calling the, uh, when they're calling Sir Royce Lord and, and Sir, I think they're making fun of him just as much as they're making fun of John when they call him Lord. Because they Snow. think John, I mean, when John comes to these guys that are all, or mostly lowborn, I think. They don't really realize how bastards are treated in the highborn. Yeah, yeah, in the broader world. society. I mean, I think John. So I think they they are treating him probably the same they would treat a legitimate trueborn son because they don't realize what the that difference he was, means to them. That he was treated so badly, they think that he just grew up in a castle and he had all of. It's the- like Harry Potter and think. <laughs> True. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's like people don't want to get to know you because they think they already know you. Mm-hmm. And they really don't. Yeah, but here I am complaining about being famous. <laughs> well, that is a good point. Okay. I think that's fair. And I think John's perspective is very limited because not only did he grow up in a castle, whereas most bastards don't, but the North is very uh, separated from the rest of the Seven Kingdoms, shall we say? Oh, yeah. Uh, he wasn't exposed to much. Yeah, I think the psychology of the North is maybe a little more accepting of bastards, where there's this concept of the Northmen, and as long as you fulfill that, you know, bastardry really sort of takes a secondary trait. Uh Mm -hmm. And there's Uh, also, like, the fact that here he is joining the Night's Watch from Winterfell. Winterfell is almost like... I mean, well, it is the closest. Well, it's like a rock star town to them. Yeah, it's the big city. I mean, it's the closest to the wall. It's the in charge of the wall, so to speak. I mean, the wall is semi-autonomous, but being the closest, I'm sure the Starks have some association yeah. 
with the there's, wall. There's always been a good relationship between Winterfell and the Night's Watch. And so it's like this is the son of the Lord of Winterfell. So it's almost like the son of... Right, but at the Coach, same time, at the same time, remember what Benjamin says to John: If you thought your Stark blood would win you easy favors here, you're wrong. Well, I would think it's because just the opposite: the Stark blood won't win him easy favors because they're predisposed against him. Because oh, this is a Lord's son. You know, I would think that's exactly why he said it. Hmm. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. I think when he says that, he was trying to imply that no noble would find it easy to be on the wall or would find benefit from being a noble, being nobility in and of itself, being at the wall. I think I think that people would generally be impressed that he was a Stark, but I think that Ben was implying that nobility wasn't going to win him any. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. going to win he him any favors. He doesn't get to go on the range. For getting example. it, get him anything. Yeah, he, he's not going to get anything like being allowed to go on a ranging when he. Yeah, hasn't he doesn't get to. He doesn't yet. get to. He doesn't right. get to skip get any special treatment. He doesn't. He doesn't get to skip any steps, and he doesn't get to cut any corners. He has to do things exactly the same as everybody else did, even if he knows the. Even if he knows the how to use a sword, or he knows how to do this, he's still going to have to go through the training with you know, his group of people that's still what he has to do. Mm -hmm. It's like he still has to go through basic training, even if he knows what they're training. I don't know. I don't know mm -hmm. how to explain that. Well, it's like how officer candidates still have to go through basic training. They're not right. allowed to just go to officer school. They have to go through the same basic training as everybody else. Right. I, I, did, I just don't, speaking personally, I just, I'm not too fond of John. <laughs> Now, why do you not like John? I just don't find him interesting. I mean, I'm not even sure why. I just kind of find him annoying. That's interesting. I like John, but this book, he doesn't really do the things that I get all kicked up about. So it's the things that I want to talk about with John are are all spoilers. <laughs> so I can't. No, we can't have that. So. Which is very fair. Yes. No, no. We can't have any spoilers. No, no, no. This is a spoiler-free podcast. <laughs> Right. None of editing. us will ever spoil anything for anyone else. After editing, it is a spoiler-free podcast. Hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw. Yeah, but most of the things that I like about John happen, I think it's book two. I actually really like him in book three, but that's just It me. might be book three, It, but when, when he's away. Is that, where a, is that where a certain individual offers him everything he's ever wanted? No. Uh... Before that. Was it Mr. Morden? <laughs> yes. Mr. Morden came to him and said, what do you want? What do you want? What do I want? No, I would have a crossover. I really like him when they all take off and go on the mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What he has to deal with when he's out. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's a lot more John character driven for me. Right now, he's 15 and he's hard he's knocks and yeah. he's, you know, he's having to become an adult really fast and unfortunately that's life and he's having to learn it really quick and that's yeah. what happens to people sometimes. What I like about John is that he goes from being resentful at the other boys that he's joined the Night's Watch with because he had these grandiose ideas that all of the men of the Night's Watch are going to be exactly like his uncle Benjen and they're all noble and they're there for a purpose higher than themselves and blah 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 blah. Yeah, it's not and knights, it's Rapers and the yeah, cut purses and bed. <laughs> <laughs> 
and, and Sam. Gen- general bad people and he goes from resenting all of these other guys to realizing that he's the best of them and he he really does become lord snow in the sense that he becomes the leader of the these this group of boys here and he takes the responsibilities of a leader and a lord to teach them like gren he starts showing gren's sword play so that he can avoid getting his ass kicked in any future stuff <laughs> you know because before he was just beating the crap out of all of these guys and then walking away afterwards and not even caring that oh i broke this guy's wrist i made this guy trip well, i think that spring, that was so. a good moment for him when he realized that was a good character moment for John when when he was taken aside and and told was that Noy that told him that Donald Noy I believe Noy, it was I believe it was that Donald Noy pulled him aside and he's like look these guys didn't get someone to teach them how to handle a sword or to handle a dagger they were stirring pots or you know smithing for their fathers or you know, they were out in fields and, you know, you come here and you're all high and mighty and you want to kick their butts all the time. And it's no wonder that they resent you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that that was a very big awakening for John because I don't think he even really thought about it like that. To him, it's like, oh, we're all up on this wall. It's all kind of miserable. We're all having to go through all of this training. And he never really even ever stopped to think about what his circumstances in life were compared to other people's circumstances in life and how his journey and their journeys were different. And and yes, he suffered, but he had to look at his personal suffering and compare it to, you know, the existence of the other people that were there. And, and I think he had to humble, he humbled himself really fast. And that's one point where John became more endearing to me because he learned that really fast. It took him a whole book yeah. to learn. It was over the course of one chapter, I believe, where he goes from beating him up and then realizing that this is not he goes from a teenage dickhead to a pretty mature kid pretty fast all he really needed to be told was to get his head out of his ass and it worked well i got the sense that being on the wall will do that to you you see the scope of it and you realize oh my god there's things in the world bigger than myself like that wall that wall is fucking huge that wall that goes on (laughs) as far as the eye can see basically forever and is so tall so tight so tall that you can't... It's tall and high, it's tie. <laughs> Saul? It's Saul and tie, it's Saul and... Saul on the wall. Saul on the wall, oh god. <laughs> I crack myself up. <laughs> That'd be quite a crossover effect there. Oh, he would hate it. All of this has happened before, and all of this will happen again. And again. Yeah, I mean, and Pip and Gren, I mean, I actually, I think that they're, they're good foils, I guess, for John. They're good they're good examples of what John could have been if he had to live the life that he might have been resigned to. Yeah. Do you think maybe that's why he starts off not liking them is because he sees in them what he could have been? No, because I think he had no clue what he could have been. I don't think he had any idea what he might have been like until he got up there. I think that, yes, you know, he saw those those kids or whatever in Winterfell, but I don't think that he ever really stopped to think about him having to do their duties or do their jobs or, you know, be part of that ever. From birth, he was separate. Yeah, I just think that, you know, from the time that, you know, he could consider himself, he was 
he was just, you know, Jon Snow and he was a separate part of Ned Stark's family. He was above doing trades work, but below being nobility. And so he didn't ever really consider that, like you said, he could be a Septon or he could be a Maester. And those are still pretty high ranking kinds of things. The blacksmith's son doesn't really get much of a chance to run to go off and, and to do those things. He's gonna go apprentice a blacksmith or he's gonna go work in the fields. You know, they don't get those chances. They have to make money for their families. They don't don't have those opportunities. So I don't think he ever really even thought about it until somebody smacked him in the face with it. And when they did, it was like, holy crap, this is what my life would have been like. This is what I could have been. You know, I have been, I have been bemoaning my existence for as long as I can remember. And yes, Caitlin treated me bad, but I didn't really have it quite as bad as maybe I thought I did because I wasn't humping my ass off on an anvil or, you know, making bricks or I didn't have any real responsibilities other than staying out of people's way. That's just how I took it. That's how I took that chapter. It's definitely a a paradigm shift for him in that chapter. He doesn't, it is not, he's not the same person he is at the end of the chapter as he was at the beginning. That's the, I think that's the chapter I, I began to like John as a character. Is that moment of growth he had, which continues beyond. And that's, and that's the, about the same point that he starts to realize that being Lord Snow, you know, in jest, he can actually take that and use it for something positive and that, that he really could have been Lord Snow and that he does have value and that he can be a leader to his friends. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling and, and, but I think that he's, he starts to see his, he starts to see himself as, as a positive rather than a negative. You know, he starts to see that he has things to offer rather than things that he just needs to hide. I don't know. Somebody else ramble because I'm just <laughs> not making sense. We... I think you're making fine fence, fine yeah, sense. Yeah, it Yeah. And we're and we're being quiet because we agree with you. Oh, yeah. no. you know, like I mean, I'm happy to have your opinions on John because <laughs> I don't really care one way or the other. <laughs> But I mean that's that's what I've I've always kind of thought about him. But really, it's not until he goes off on the that yeah. I start to appreciate his his growth and his contributions more. It's exactly the word I was thinking of was his growth because he does grow a lot as a character from where he starts out to where he ends up at the end of this book, even and where he ends up in the future. And the person that he is at the beginning of you know his first few perspective chapters in this book, and the person that he is at the end of you know that you see at the end of book four or that you hear of at the end of book four because you don't hear of much of him. He doesn't have chapters in book four. You just hear about him from Sam are totally not the same. They're not the same person that you've met. And so I am looking forward to book five because John is supposed to be in book five. So it if he's not in book five, I'm going to hurt somebody. <laughs> yeah, he. There's a lot of interesting things about him. So, and I like his wolf. And I do like his wolf. I like his wolf ghost. Is very interesting ghost. We haven't talked very much about ghost, as far as I recall. But an albino direwolf who makes virtually no noise at all. Absolutely loyal to John personally. It's a good name for him, ghost. I'd say, I'd say ghost is probably my second favorite of all the, the direwolves. 
Who's your first? I like Summer. Also, I like Bran, and I, I felt really bad for him. <laughs> Most, mm-hmm. Mostly just a lot of sympathy for Bran. I thought Summer was the was the best name of all the, 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 the wolves. Although Ghost is a highly appropriate, of course. But I have a fondness for Nymeria. I like Nymeria is good as well. Grey Wind's badass. That's... Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he is. I like nobody how nobody likes Shaggy Dog. Well, he's... Oh, nobody likes Shaggy Dog. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody likes Rickon either. Poor uh, Rickon. Well, he's three. When he when he gets older, I'll like him more. I'm sure. Maybe but if he I does like... something interesting. Yeah. I don't think Watch Rickon like anything. kick total ass and be the prophetic figure and become king of the Seven Kingdoms. That'd be cool. Rickon is Rickon is Rickon is background potter yeah for now but i like gray wind and how at the end of the book when they're declaring rob the king in the north the the great john is saying stuff he's talking smack and gray wind goes and bites him and rips off two of his <laughs> fingers yeah I thought and the great john just laughs about it he says well how about that well i didn't need those very much anyway all hail the king of the north <laughs> that's hysterical that's essentially what he says it is which tells you just as much about the great john than it does about the wolf <laughs> It really does. I think that sums up the great John's character right there. He's like, well, that sucks. Huh. Oh, well. Eight more of those fingers. <laughs> I got another finger. Yeah, I didn't, those weren't my favorite fingers anyway. Well, I get a chance to kill the Lannisters. Yeah, killing Lannisters is important. I, I understand his his thoughts. Everyone wants to kill the Lannisters. Yeah, because the Lannisters just executed their lord. Yes, they did. Yes, they do. Stupid Lannisters. (laughs) Yes, yes, stupid Lannisters. Stupid Lannisters. So, what do we want to talk about now? Are we running out of John? I think we've talked out John. Uh, The only other thing that we could include here tonight is Arya. Yes. I don't know, I think we've said quite a lot about We've kind of discussed Arya, like, hopping around. She's come up many, many, many times. We've talked about her in relation to a lot of other characters. Mm -hmm. And I think in earlier episodes where we were going chapter by chapter, we discussed a lot of her when we discussed Sirio. Yeah. And the training with Needle, and that's really about the extent of who she is in this book. She goes from being someone who's a tomboy, but she's aimless, to she's going to become a water dancer and she's catching cats in the Red Keep. And then (laughs) she flees into the underworld when her father is executed. Right. Arya's got good stuff coming up. She does. I can't wait to get to later stuff for her, but we're going to try. Arya's fantastic. We're going to try and be spoiler free. Try. Yeah. Yes. It's not a spoiler to say Arya is fantastic. Yeah, that's true. Yes, but it's just the why is she fantastic. That's all big spoiler. Just because uh, she's Arya. Yeah, I mean, Arya is, like, concentrated fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Arya has more fantastic in her little finger than most people have in their whole body. It's true. Yes. Arya can divide by zero. <laughs> but no. she doesn't like math, so she never does. Only Chuck Norris can divide by zero. It's true. Arya can divide Chuck Norris by zero. (laughs) Chuck Norris can gargle. (laughs) Chuck Norris can gargle peanut butter. (laughs) Arya can make peanut butter in her throat. (laughs) 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 Try me another one, babe. 
Good times. Yeah. You know I love you, don't you? Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit lonely and you're never coming around. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. I love you too, Jen. Turn around. <laughs> uh. Editor, you know what music to put here. <laughs> Turn around. <laughs> Well, it's all right. I'm I'm doing the edit on episode 29, and I start hitting on Jen. I'm like, so, Jen, what are you wearing? (laughs) (laughs) What was I wearing that day? You were wearing comfy pants and an oversized championship T-shirt. You remember. Well, he's editing it. I edited the episode. Do you know how many times I listened to it? (laughs) Well, tonight I'm wearing comfy pants and a (laughs) T-shirt. That's great, jacket. Because it's what I put on after I got home. I'm wearing... Do you want to know what I'm wearing? <laughs> yes, P.S. What are you wearing? I'm wearing pants with penguins on them. And yes! a purple shirt. Are, and they, are they the Old Navy penguin pants? No, they're just oh, like lounge pants. Awesome penguin pants I ever. With penguins on them. And a purple shirt. And I'm wearing a Santa Claus hat because I couldn't find a ponytail holder. So I have to keep my hair from hitting the microphone. I put it up in the hat. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Oh, P.S. That is too funny. It is. All right, let's not discriminate. Aaron, what are you wearing? <laughs> yeah, what are you wearing, Aaron? So, Aaron. <laughs> what are you wearing tonight? I'm wearing a t-shirt and my Guitar Hero pajamas. <laughs> Death Roll, what are you wearing? I'm wearing jeans and a fleece. Hot poof exchange after dark. <laughs> Fasten, unzip, un- or unfasten, unzip, I guess it would be. <laughs> that is funny. Talk oh, socks? oh, 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 oh. Of course, oh, old friend. Jen? Guess what? What is it, Jen? P.S. will be very impressed. Okay. Of course, she probably already knows because Ryan probably already told her. So it won't be what? my. It won't be my. It won't be my. Is it Doctor Who? Yes. Ryan told me in like the five seconds he was here before the podcast. That's what he like rushed out. He said it very fast because he had to be the one to tell. I'm sure. <sighs> Christ. How far are you? Tell me everything. I just finished the doll. Oh, no. I'm in the middle of the Daleks. Which Daleks? The first Emergency. Emergency. mean Dalek? The episode called Dalek? Yeah, like season one, episode Dalek. Dalek. What do you think? What do you think? I mean, the Dalek just said, elevate. And everybody went, Everybody went, oh, shit. And then I was like, elevate. And I was like, uh, Jen 2 has things she needs to do today. And I had to put it on pause. I have to admit that I like it. Isn't it fantastic? It is. Wait till you get to Jack. Wait Uh till you meet Jack. Uh, You know, and I just, I kept telling myself I'm not watching Who. Chi went over the edge of the cliff when she started watching Who. I went, I thought who, I mean, before I met BSG, who was over the edge of the cliff is good. 
if who sent me over the cliff bsg sent me underground to the center of the earth but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm just like i can't watch shows that send people to treatment centers oh my god you oh tell me just when you watch it next and i will get running commentary because it's just that amazing <laughs> it's like one of those shows where i need to like see people's faces <laughs> and it's like damn you ryan damn you damn you He's damn you why do you why do you he have is. to be such a nag he, he is such you a watch nag things. he He's makes like you a, watch good things but he's i such might a, start watching the walking dead because of the podcast oh my you haven't watched it no i haven't seen any of it but you listen to the podcast i listened to the beginning of the podcast why didn't you listen to the whole thing? It was only a freaking hour. Well, I because I didn't want to um, be spoiled in case I decided to watch it. I haven't it. listened to it because I might watch it. You guys have really got to watch it. I probably will. I'm, I'm probably a little bit more of a zombie person than, than you guys uh, made yourselves out to be. But so. I'm not a zombie person. and exactly. I have never, ever zombied in my life. Never. I mean, me really either. I mean, yeah, I even, don't know anything about the, zombies. Even the zombie episode, like episode three on Who, I'm like, ugh, that's zombies. Those weren't zombies. Those were, well, they were kind those of were zombies. something else. Those were gas things. That was, yeah, but they were kind of zombie-ish. I'm like, ugh. They just dead. went into the bodies. Yeah, Walking Dead. Because the bodies were there. But Walking Dead people. Ugh. That's true. How gauche. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just like, ugh. What do you think of Harriet Jones? So far, I love Harriet you Jones. I liked Harriet Jones, and it was Ryan, funny. Ryan would marry Harriet Jones. I'm pretty sure. Well, it was Ryan's funny at the at the beginning. I'm like, this woman is sort of annoying. She's like, but I have an appointment. <laughs> it's like the world world is falling in, and I have an appointment. It's like I had to have an appointment three years in advance, but I'm here, and you're telling me I can't get in. <laughs> but I have an appointment. No, but I liked Harriet. Yes, I did. <sighs> but yeah, season one, is good. season two is so good. Season well, three not, is good. Season I'm four not, is good. Not that far along yet, sister. Keep so. going, keep going, keep going. And now come I'm to me if you ever need to freak out. I've never under, I never did really understand the whole Dalek thing, and now I do. Exterminate. <laughs> I don't know why we don't have Elevate. We need Elevate uh, on the sound effect. Now, I don't know what context we could use Elevate in, but it's so awesome when it says Elevate and just starts to fly. Well, it just it just cracked me it's up. Like, because... It like raises up so slowly. It's hysterical. Well, the thing that was funny was, you know, they're just like, doctor is saying, you know, this thing is going to kill everything. You know, it's going to kill the whole world. And, and, and you're like, they... it can't do stairs, can it? And then <laughs> and they just sit there and then it goes, elevate. Yeah, and they and they run to the stairwell and they're like laughing. They're like, neener, 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 you can't get up the stairs. And then it just goes, elevate. And it's like, do you think the doctor would be flipping out if it couldn't go to somehow get upstairs? Like, all you would have to do was climb stairs. If all you had to do was climb stairs, you know, that he would be like, It would not be the Salt most Lake scary creature in all the universe. <laughs> it's going to kill Salt Lake City. They can get from universe to universe, but it can't do stairs. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm imagining it's like rolled on its back. It's like little wheels are going. It can't get up. And I can the whole time, I'm just like, it's R2-D2. No, it's really not. <laughs> 
Uh, no, it's not. But at first, I'm just like, it's like R2D2 trained to be an attack dog. <laughs> it's R2D2 on steroids, but it's but not evil. nearly as cute. And not nearly R- as cute. R2D2 is adorable. I have an R2D2 ornament on my Christmas tree, which is right over here. That's awesome. The yellow lights on my light strand burned out, so now only the red and green and white lights are on, and it's actually very cool. Oh. And Elizabeth keeps arranging all of the Christmas ornaments. She's not satisfied. It's like, she'd be (laughs) like, this doesn't, I don't like the snowman here. And next thing you know, she's got, you know, 17 ornaments in different places. And she's bitten the ends of the candy canes off about four or five of them. She's like, but I just wanted a bite. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. And of course, I have my my Hogwarts and my four houses. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I've got a a Hallmark for every year I've been married. So there are 17. 16 of them up. No, there's 17 because I got one right. I got one for the Christmas before we got married. So there's 17 of those babies up there. I'm right eye level with this Slytherin one. Thought Death Row would appreciate that. I don't have uh, any Christmas decorations at all in my house right now. What is wrong with you? I'm at work. I just don't have, just never decorated around here. I Why? Every- I know you're a man, but what is freaking wrong with you? Christmas is wonderful. Christmas tree in my cubicle. I love Christmas. Couldn't you just, like, get a snowman or something and put it out? <laughs> Apparently not. Hang a hang a Santa hat, like, on your drapery rod, or buy one of those little tiny light-up Christmas trees that you plug in the wall or something. I mean, you gotta have the love. Oh, speaking of Christmas, you know what I got my husband? What's that? What? I got him a color laser printer. Excellent. An all-in-one. I think I got it for me. yeah that's probably about right (laughs) Mm. it came today i'm looking at it that's what reminded me of it it looks so pretty in its box over there and it was heavier than hell to get in the house by myself (laughs) yeah with a bum shoulder i bet yeah oh yeah i'm like it's like seven degrees with a wind chill it's of negative eight today and i've got the door open and i'm like elizabeth please help mommy with the door and the box is as big as the door and i'm trying to scoot that thing in because the ups guy came when i was getting ready i got out of the shower and was getting ready and i'm just like i can't leave this thing on the porch because it wasn't in a brown box it was in like the printer box the printer box oh my thanks you know, I'm not just going to leave for four or five hours and leave my freaking... Yeah, seems to be a poor life choice. Yeah, so like, I got to get this in the house. And I'm just like, holy mother of God, this thing is heavy. I love Christmas. It's good time. Me too. They don't have Christmas in Westeros. No, no, no they, they don't. don't. Which is a shame. I wonder if they have some other holiday. I mean, they have tourneys and things for random days so i guess that's their festivities yeah they they ever mentioned a specific holiday i don't know though but what about um seems like i remember in one of the books them saying something about everybody convening in baylor's set on a certain day that sounds vaguely familiar because cersei had a dress she had a dress made for it right i heck i don't remember i've slept since then well if we're done talking about them Look, I think I'm going to take off. Yeah. We wound down. Too dead. Good evening, folks. Good night, Aaron. You too. Ta-ta.
All right. Well, I think I'm gonna go finish okay. my finish my Dalek. Yay! Yay! Finish my Dalek. Watch <laughs> the episode. Watch, Watch the episode. Oh, uh, this is reminding me that I need to go back into one of the episodes of Poof One and grab Rena as a Dalek because we made her <laughs> conjugate all these words. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. right. I remember that one. <laughs> it was funny. Conjugate the word bagel. Bagel. <laughs> Bagelation. Bagelation. And me in that recording, I'm just so thrilled. I'm in the background going, yes! Yes, she said it! We have a sound effect now. (laughs) (laughs) You you don't realize how much sound effects, like, affect my life. It was, um, I'm part of a live journal community of BSG discussion. One of the questions today was, what is a good part of an episode that you otherwise hate? Big Frack and And I thought of Big Frack and Deal. (laughs) 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 I realized that would make no sense to anybody else. So I kept my mouth shut. (laughs) You could have enlightened somebody. Big Frack and Deal. (laughs) Now, if you can't find sound effects, you have to make your own. Yes. Like, I had to make my own. I had to make my own laugh track one time. (laughs) (laughs) How? Did you just uh, laugh? No, I uh, I ended up stealing some audio from the Potter musical and looping it a few times. Uh, <laughs> it worked out fairly well. You'd be surprised, Hal, if you just, you know, kind of think outside the box. I'm surprised you couldn't find a laugh track online. Let me remind you of my lack of internet situation. Oh, it was that then. Because I could say I would think that would be a, a common sound effect. But ingenuity is good, too. It is. Have I you... Can- had a chance to watch the Potter musical? I have not. Every time I sit down to do it, I forget about it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Because I made P.S. a DVD copy of it. I'll be glad to do the same for you. Well, I could... I mean, it's it's out there, isn't it? It's on YouTube, isn't it? It is, but there's nothing like having a DVD copy of it where you can just put it in and watch and pause wherever you want to. You don't need to worry about connections to the server resetting or anything stupid like that. And I also have the sequel. There's a sequel? Yes, there is a sequel. Hmm. That's insane. Well, if it's good enough to get a sequel, clearly it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all I, right. actually, I'm gonna go I actually with... haven't watched the sequel yet. I don't know how good it is, but apparently it's hysterical. Well, the first one is supposedly was very, very, very awesome. It's so cool and it's so first one is awesome. It is all kinds of awesome. Totally awesome! I am going to go finish watching my Who episode. And And I'm going to switch to the computer so that Gen 2 can tell me about her thoughts. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, good night, everybody. Bye, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.